0: After learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 167 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with David Mangine. David lives near Rotterdam in the Netherlands. You are my first guest from the Netherlands, David.
1: What an honor.
0: It's it's awesome. And he is an artist and a teacher. He works as a stand-up comedian, and he's also a musician. So welcome, David.
1: Thank you, Jane. Lovely to be here.
0: Well, I'm so glad to have you. And I want to point out to our audience that you are actually an expat from America.
1: That tell tell us how
0: you ended up in the Netherlands.
1: It was a happy accident. I mean, it's not like I made a conscious decision, but when I was a sophomore, I went to college out in Colorado. And when I was a sophomore in college, I got a call from my parents and they're like, we're moving to Holland. I'm like, Holland, Michigan, what? <laughs> he said, like, no, Amsterdam. I was like, which at that time, if you're, if you're 20 years old and American, you're like, we're moving to where? Yeah, that sounds like fun, right? Yes, it was a, it. was an attractive option. So so I, I went back and forth during college and then after college graduated and thought, man, I think I can teach English over there because I had studied to do that in the U.S. and I came over and got a job and just stayed and I fell in love with the place. It's a wonderful country and I'm still here.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, um, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: It was my girlfriend. She got into it because she read the book because of she was having issues with menopause. That was her way in. And so she started, we take these long walks in the morning and she was reading and she thought she had heard at some point, somebody mentioned mental health. So my, that was my way in was my own mental health. And I will truly try anything. If people are saying this helps, I'll try it. So I did it. And she was already, she was already gung ho and probably about a month and a half into it. And she immediately went, like she started 16, eight, and then it was 18, six, and then it was alternative day. and it was long water fat like the whole deal and i it didn't take me long to get totally into it too so she god bless her she was the way in and i really and when was really, that
0: when that when did was, she...
1: she i think the end of last summer so that's okay like, so
0: 2020 summer yeah, of 2020 yeah,
1: right in the middle of the pandemic and oh yeah and actually a good time to do it to be honest and then because i totally trust her word on that i did it and then got got into it very fast so it's been, okay almost so... a year now
0: Yeah, Yeah. time is just flying, isn't it? I can't believe we're recording this in early July of 2021. And I can't believe the year is halfway over already. It feels like we just started 2021.
1: Yeah, I mean, this year more than any year, I would say. It's
0: true. It's true. So she was going through menopause. Did she also need to lose some weight? Or was she working on like hormonal?
1: Fair question. It was not weight loss at first. It was just what can I do because I'm getting these hot flashes, and you know, you just hear things. And she thought, heard about your book, and then came to the book, and then from there, it it immediately started to help. And then, indeed, weight loss happens. I'm not gonna lie to you. As soon as that starts happening, you're like, well, hey, bonus. So, so yeah, so that that started happening, and we just rolled with it.
0: I love hearing people who come to it for health reasons, though, rather than like coming to it for weight loss. So you started with fast the book Fast Feast Repeat. That's the one y'all read. I love hearing that, too, because, you know, so many of the listeners started with delayed on not Deny. That was all that was around, you know, at first for until 2020. But starting for the health benefits is really exciting.
1: And specifically for me, mental health. And there's research out there now to back it up that it really does help with with depression. That was my thing. I was actually diagnosed bipolar in 2018. So my health, mental health in particular, is, is a full time job. And now I'm a huge believer in nutrition and diet as far as choices for for mental health. And I I definitely figured out once I got into the program, okay, my relationship to sugar is questionable at best. You know what I mean? I did the, like, yeah, and I know you do, from the sugar salt, sugar salt, sugar salt. Like it's a drug, man.
0: And some brains really respond to it in a different way than other brains just like you know yeah what do you mean well with sugar you know just like we know with things like heroin right i'm not saying sugar is heroin i'm not that's that's extreme but our brains our brains respond to different chemicals in different ways. Like someone, for example, may take narcotics and be fine, another person takes them and is immediately an addict. You know, it's just, you know, your brain lights up in a different way, perhaps,
1: to the sugar. It certainly lights up in a different way to the narcotics. Here we are (laughs) back to Amsterdam, it's full circle. Look what see how it works? Right, right, yeah. So, interesting point, well, I would say, and, and I have discovered this gentleman's work as a direct result of your work, but are you familiar with Dr. Alan Goldhammer?
0: I have heard of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. True North, definitely. I was like, where is he from? Yes, True North, I have. So he's in California?
1: Correct. That's correct. And he would say definitely, and I know, I mean, I don't frame his work as extreme because I'm really open to it, but he would say that sugar is a, he calls it a drug food and fats and anything that's really working straight on our dopamine centers. So, you know, it doesn't keep me from eating it, but I certainly discovered once I started your program, I was like, okay, hello. Hello. This is obvious that the behavior is there.
0: You're right. And for me, like I was just at the beach for a couple of weeks and there's a place that has amazing cupcakes and I love them. They're delicious. And I drove past that cupcake place several times and I had people coming and I'm like I could get them like, no, cupcakes really make my brain feel bad. That sounds weird, but I, I don't do well with cupcakes. They go straight in. I can do ice cream, a little bit of ice cream. I'm fine. But cake, cupcakes, things like that.
1: So there's your drug food. That's interesting. Well, it
0: is. Mm-hmm.
1: It is. And and it, yeah, I mean, you know, I, like total abstinence. I'm not there yet. Maybe, maybe at some point, like the true north people. Really, if you follow Goldhammer's work, he's also no sugar, no salt, no oil, mm. and full on plant based. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. is the Olympics. I'm not there yet, but who knows? That really
0: is. It it really really is. And after doing the zoe program and figuring out my body clears fat slowly you know less fat is really better for me and i I get it it's not easy though because it just adds so much flavor
1: it does indeed you can't you can't argue that and i mean you've got your honesty pants right that's your that's your measure if you hit the cupcakes too hard you're feeling that fast aren't you it's true yeah
0: yeah (laughs) if my window creep you know start opening a little earlier staying a little later Yeah
1: oh man yeah so i will say that's actually a good fun thing to kind of ask you is that i was super super almost religious about those times about the windows and i noticed in the last um, probably four weeks a little bit stressful here with opening up after the pandemic that that i get a little bit gray area on the on the window times what would you say to me to help me
0: well okay so what window had you settled into as one that felt good prior
1: to this 18.6
0: so you were doing like an 186 and feeling good in the 186 and having weight maintenance that's what you were you were at that point or still want to lose a little bit more weight or
1: I, it's like it's not it's still not about weight but as far as the numbers are for me it, I, I lost when I started I was 99 kilos on oh, metric system metric system alert and now I'm down to <laughs> 85 so that's 14 kilos so that's okay. a lot you know it's like 30 pounds.
0: It is. Funny side note there, you, you grew up in America, and so you're probably around my age, if you had a girlfriend going through menopause. Do you remember when they told us back in the 70s and the 80s that the whole world was going to be metric system, and including us, and that we just never still have done that? <laughs> but do you remember they told us that in school?
1: To think in 10s, Jen, it's too hard. Yeah, I can't yeah, think well. in
0: 10s. Why can't I? So I was you know, an elementary teacher for 28 years, and we had to teach third graders both think about how fun that was yes yes we have to teach elementary kids both (laughs) the conventional system of measurement and the metric system and it is crazy but one thing that always struck out to me the only people who believed that we were going to change were the soft drink manufacturers who immediately switched to two liter containers but nobody switched except for like coke
1: holy cow that is interesting Really? So right? They, it, Think it, about effect, it. Yeah. They, yeah. Because
0: right. when I was yeah. little, we bought quart, two quart size Coke, and then they're like, oh, we're all going to change. All right. Bam. They changed. And then nobody else did. They're like, sorry, cola manufacturers. We're not doing that. We're, we, anyway. We,
1: we refuse. Well, that's interesting because I would have been, you would have been teaching in the great state of Georgia, correct?
0: Well, I taught in South Carolina for eight years. I've been in Georgia ever since. Right. Yeah,
1: I was in Texas when I went to elementary school. In fifth grade, we moved to, to the Boston area and, and there they were not teaching the metric system i know that for sure
0: yeah well we we had to teach it and it was so confusing for the children but anyway you do what you're told so you lost down you lost 14 kilograms are you feeling good at 85 kilograms
1: yeah, I've, 85 feels like a, like a good one, but what I what I have since discovered since doing the first intermittent fasting is I've, I really like the longer water fasts, not super long. Like my longest is five days. And that will get me, to be honest with you, a little bit uncomfortable that I'm like, oh, I think I'm getting, like people start saying, well, you look really skinny, like that makes me nervous. I was always kind of a skinny kid. So then I'm getting down like 81. Then as soon as I go back to the normal right. eight six, it comes up.
0: That's true, that's normal. The longer fasts are not for weight loss. I wouldn't recommend them for weight loss because just like you're seeing, you know, your weight pops back up. And one thing about the longer fasts, our metabolic rates do go down with the longer fasts because our body's like, ooh, this is a lot. There's a, a study, that it's just one, but I talk about it in Fast Feast Repeat. There's really not a lot of research on longer fasts as far as like, you know, in the journals. But there's one where they did a 72-hour fast and they followed people through it. Now, I'm assuming these are not people who were fasting regularly. These are just normal people who they're like, let's see what happens to a normal person who does a 72-hour fast. So they found that the metabolic rate went up over the the first part of the 72-hour fast. Then it reached a peak and then it started to go back down. So by the time they got to hour 72, the metabolic rate was higher than it had been at baseline, but it was on that downward trajectory. So we know that eventually... It's going to probably be lower than baseline. We just don't know when that would be because they stopped at 72. And also, we don't know what would happen if you did
1: it repeatedly.
0: I'm sure you've read Joel Furman's work.
1: I have not read his work, but heard her. No, I've heard about him. And Jason, Jason Fung is another one that Dominique talks a lot about. That's my girlfriend. Yeah.
0: Dr. Joel Furman, like Dr. Goldhammer, has worked with patients on longer fasts. And he's also, I think, vegan, um, very plant-based and you know, low-fat plant-based. And he uses fasting for health purposes. But, you know, the first time I read, I, of course, started off reading Jason Fung with the Obesity Code as well as soon as that came out in 2016. And then I was reading. Furman. And I can't think of the name of his book, but it's if you just search Joel Furman fasting, it's, I think he's just got the one. But he talks about how he just says it matter of fact. He said, now, after this longer fast, your metabolic rate will be lower. And so, and then he goes on, you know, to talk about that. And I'm like, well, that's not something, you know, we hear a lot. He's someone who's used it a lot, but is saying, yes, your metabolism is going to get be lower. So I would just, all this to say, I would be cautious about doing too many long fasts, especially, you know, frequently, maybe one a quarter. One yeah, a exactly. season.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. Once every every few months. And I, I, I mean, I hear stuff about people doing 40 days, etc. All the true north people do 40 days. That's not my deal.
0: I was just gonna say anybody doing anything longer than 72 hours, I definitely want you to do it under some sort of medical supervision. I mean, they actually have a center that they want you to go to, to do it. And you're under medical supervision. They're keeping track of all sorts of, you know, your metabolic markers, how you're doing. So that's important.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Absolutely.
0: Let me ask you this, did you find has fasting gotten harder? Is 18:6 a little harder for you?
1: I wouldn't say that it's gotten harder. I mean, I can relate to the cupcake thing that you just said that often too I'll have some just, uh, every once in a while some trigger food and I'll think, "Oh, that's hard." But what has kind of happened naturally is that it doesn't even feel like I'm quote unquote doing intermittent fasting anymore. It's just, this is how we eat. And that's just kind of how we eat. So it doesn't even, like, I forget that I'm-
0: Okay, you're not even really pay, paying attention to your timing.
1: Not, 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 unless, not until things get a little bit stressful as they have been recently. And then, I, then I'm reminded that, okay, no, let's just get right back into the, the window. That becomes part of the conversation. But I would, I would say that it's gotten easier and become just kind of the way that I eat and and don't have any – can't env- envision changing it going forward. I mean, I'm 51, so.
0: I thought we were a similar age. I'm 51 for a little bit more time. By the time this episode comes out, I'll be 52.
1: Congratulations. You're ahead <laughs> of me you. in the great race, Jen. Just a nice. little bit.
0: Just a little bit. <laughs> 1969 was a very good year. Yeah, that was me too,
1: December. So I feel like that this is kind of sort of the, without getting too hokey about it, but this is definitely for longevity, this is good.
0: I think so too. And so many things lead to illness as we get older and all the diseases of of aging, but fasting really counteracts a lot of those. Like, for example, as we age, autophagy generally decreases. Well, fasting upregulates autophagy. And so that keeps us, you know, more in the less of of the aging type things going on. Also, so many of us like you're doing, you're changing the way you're eating naturally a little bit. You're starting to realize how foods make you feel. And so I think as we also up our nutrition, you know, my nutrition is really way different than it was even a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, like what's on my plate?
1: looks so different the more i've learned where are you on plant-based vegan how much does that play into your nutrition
0: you know never say never i guess but right this minute my mind is telling me i'm never going to be vegetarian or vegan and i I don't feel like i'll ever be low-fat plant-based But interestingly, you know, I was at the beach for two weeks and a couple nights by myself. And then my family came for a week. So there's a lot of eating out. There were 12 of us there. We had a lot of fun. And then I was there for like five more nights by myself. And so the last five nights I didn't want to eat out. So I just ate kind of on my own things. I was was completely vegetarian the, the last five nights just because if I'm left to my own devices, I don't reach for meat a lot.
1: That's pretty interesting
0: it is but i do eat meat last night we had beef and my husband doesn't want to be vegetarian but he'll eat vegetarian meals throughout the week here and there but wants to have some meat and i also feel better when i have some
1: meat here and there that's i I can tell that's relatable
0: but more and more plants, like the number of plants that I'm eating has gone up. You know, I, I followed Dr. Tim Spector, who's doing the Zoe research. He's also well known for the COVID app that he's got in, in the UK. And he ta- always talks about trying to eat 30 plants a week. And I haven't added them up because he's a big gut guy. You know, he once you know, gut, studied the gut for really, I guess, decades. But... I think that's a great goal. Maybe I'll start adding it up, seeing if I, if I, I, I bet I do have 30 different plants a week, really. This is my
1: 27th green plant. I got three more to hit my, hit my target. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. I, I mean, it's it. what it's what I find inspiring about that is that you're like, you know, sort of when I'm just on my own, it just kind of feels good to eat that stuff. And that's that I mean, that, instead of being like, Oh, this is a dogma, we must eat vegan, because I, I definitely have, have become more vegan curious and do a, listen to a lot of podcasts and do a lot of research on that too. But just they're like, No, we've got vegan breeds just as good. I you know, Please, somebody convince me, sell me that brie that's going to take me to France. No, that not I don't like caliber. substitute
0: things. I, I realized that I try. there's we have a food delivery company here called Purple Carrot and they're vegan. And, you know, I was adding more plants and I like to try all the different companies. So I tried Purple Carrot for a while and, and it all sounded so good. And some of the meals were amazing. But what I learned is I do not like substitutes like a meat substitute. It was supposed to be sausage or something. Like, no, no, no. I'm either going to eat real sausage or I'm just going to not eat any, I, I don't want a meat substitute because it's my. <laughs> I don't want a brie substitute, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, believe me, the, I mean obviously there's billions to be made in this industry, so it's going to be getting better and better as we go forward. But indeed, I had a similar uh, an experience at a restaurant and ordered a green curry, and it was my first. Like I was excited. This is not that long ago. A big green curry, and I was like, I think I'm eating snot. Pardon me, <laughs> pardon me to your listeners. But that was harsh and it was a bummer. I was, I was literally let down. I thought, I can't do this.
0: I also think that we need to be careful with the enemy is ultra processed foods, right? So when they start making these fake foods and they, they may be vegan and plant-based, but they're ultra processed. So, you know, you're gonna be better off eating whole foods versus all these new delights that they give to us that are fake and supposed to simulate something else. So, you know, make a, make a good, I talk about Brussels sprouts all the time. Make a good pan of Brussels sprouts and eat those. Don't eat tofurkey. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you haven't heard of tofurkey? I think it's like tofu-based turkey. I don't really know. It's just a
1: <laughs> Okay. That point just reminds me of a good Goldhammer quote where he's like, well, hey, Oreos are also vegan
0: exactly girl scout cookies are vegan right amen sister so it's it's figuring out you know we want to feed our gut microbiomes well the more you know I have a new book coming out in January of 2022 called cleanish and I did a lot of research there and you know things that I kind of knew already in the back of my head about nutrition and our bodies and what we needed and health in general and you know cleaning up what we're putting in but really reading about how important plants are in our gut microbiome and and all the things they do and how many you know all like that goes back to the 30 plants a week we don't even know what they all have in them. So all of those phytochemicals do different things. So that's where I think the power is in the plants and the the diversity. We want to have diversity. So you're vegan curious.
1: Vegan curious. And that is all from doing intermittent fasting from your book for about five months. And then we did a longer water fast. And then Dominique found a, it was a podcast with Rich Roll, who I'm sure you probably know. And he had Goldhammer on there. And I just was transfixed. This man's passion for not even, I mean, forget you Forget the word vegan or forget that his passion for human beings and health was so moving to me that I was like, all right, I, I got to check this out. And I'll be honest. I couldn't go the full on hardcore right. extreme like those gentlemen do and hats off to them and anybody listening that does that. wow. <laughs> but still, the baseline is still better to be eating these kind of foods instead of thinking. I think I'll have Doritos for dinner.
0: Oh, and you know, I didn't even buy Doritos at the beach. I love Doritos I don't know if, and delight on deny. I talk about this, but they're they're not appealing to me as much as they used to. And you know, I walk right by and They even have. Did you know they have organic Doritos? <laughs>
1: of course they have organic <laughs> doritos yes i haven't seen them in my I've shop bought them yet. before
0: but you know i was at the store shopping for the you know the beach and i tend to be a little more relaxed there and, and i was like i could buy those and i'm like i really don't want those so i didn't and, and that it's shocking when you realize you just really don't want that and I'm like i don't really want that but i'm gonna buy this Ooh, i'm gonna buy this cottage cheese this fermented cottage cheese <laughs> yeah you know, i was excited about the cottage cheese
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get that excitement. I do for sure. I mean, we don't, I've never actually been in a whole food supermarket because they don't have them in Europe. So I, so to me, there's this whole mystique around this particular chain and how it's so there's also the whole negative framing of that. It's elitist and all this, that, and the other thing, but we, that just isn't here at this level. We don't like a, you, I think you called it purple carrot. What did you just call it? Yeah, purple, purple carrot. We, we don't, have, there is not a delivery service in the Netherlands that does pure vegan yet. It'll come because obviously there's a market for it.
0: But you know, purple carrot, more power to them, but they did have a lot of ultra processed ingredients. So they were vegan, but a little more on, on, you know, like some of the things they sent, I'm like, I'm not eating that, you know, right,
2: right, yeah.
0: <laughs> just because it was, it was a little more processed, but they're still doing great work. I'm not criticizing purple care, but I, I didn't stick with them. You know, they were not one that I, I ordered for a long time, but you know, I like to try them just so I can know yeah,
1: how they're absolutely. doing. But
0: I bet in the Netherlands, y'all don't have quite as much of
1: an issue with ultra processed foods, or do you? That's a, it's a fun question. I mean, I would like to answer that question by saying, no, we are more wholesome. Not more wholesome? Nah, I would like to believe, I would like to believe that, but I think, the, I don't think the numbers would back it up. I was told for a time I was working with one of my clients was McDonald's, and there is within nine you can never go farther than nine kilometers before there's a mcdonald's in this country just if that gives you any indication but i mean it, it is one of the more liberal countries in europe and it will it is progressive in, in the sense that if this is more healthy then then yes there is an openness to it but i don't think it's
0: it's not there yet
1: no and i, I you know I, the obesity has definitely increased in the 30 years that I've been coming to Europe and particularly like the Mediterranean countries too, because I, I love Italy and I love Spain. And 30 years ago, you really did not see obesity at all. And that, it's creeping in. It really is. And the Netherlands as well. The UK is probably the worst in Europe and number two to us, the United States, sadly, but, but maybe it will continue to get better here. I'd like to see that. But if, if you want it, you can go get it. You know, it's all being It's all there. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, sure.
0: You know, you just you read about how the EU has different guidelines like food additives, for example. There aren't as many food additives in Europe that are approved and allowed as we have in the United States.
1: Absolutely true. And agriculture is different. They're very careful in this country about what you can spray. And I'm, I happen to be a golfer. I really love golf. The golf courses here can't use the same pesticides might be the wrong word. But and so that makes the greens a Our lot herbicides, slower. Yeah. Yeah. So there's different regulations about what they can put out on the grass, which makes the greens worse, which is this is two thumbs down on the video feed.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I live in the golf capital of America, right? (laughs) I would would
1: say Myrtle Beach is pretty darn good. Well, no, I'm talking about
0: Augusta with, you know, the masters, home of the masters. Are
1: you from Augusta, Georgia?
0: I was born in Augusta, Georgia, and I live and I'm coming to you from Augusta, Georgia right this
1: minute. I have to be quiet for thirty seconds.
0: And my next door neighbor, his dad runs the Masters tournament, and I know him because he was over. They just remodeled their house, and yeah.
1: Okay, this has now reached a spiritual level, Jen. (laughs) This conversation. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm not going to go down to the rabbit hole, but I'll just say this: I've been watching that golf tournament as a spiritual exercise for forty five years. Wow. And I've never been, my dad actually went to the masters. I have not and he bought all the shirts and stuff, but I haven't been to Augusta. But I hear it's really surreal when you come out of the grounds of Augusta National. That that road, what is that street called? Washington uh, Washington, road. Yeah, Washington
0: Road, Washington Road. Yeah, I know oh, it place? is. Yeah, that is, that so is funny. And you know, if I wanted to go to Publix grocery store right this minute from my house, the way I go to Publix grocery store is through the grounds of the Masters parking. It used to be a neighborhood, and they systematically since I've, we've been back in Augusta since 2005, and they've systematically like destroyed that neighborhood. I mean, I don't want to say destroy, but they it was a bunch of little houses, they bought them up and turned it all into their parking. And so, but they they still let us drive through there, <laughs> except there's this one holdout that still didn't sell his house, and it's so funny. He won't sell, Mm-mm, won't sell. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're obviously not a golfer. How did that happen? You guys didn't get into golf.
0: No, I blame my poor depth perception. I'm not great
1: at hitting
0: Ball. I hit the ground. I hit above the ball anyway. I don't know, but yep, it's it's, yeah. You know, I've been to the tournament a few times. It's not easy for locals to go.
1: I've heard that. You know, I mean, I've I've read so much of what's available around the the way they run the it tournament. It used to is. be.
0: You used to could go to the practice rounds anytime, but you know, I've been I, I remember being at the par 3 right there with the Tiger Woods right in front of me. So the last time I went was it was maybe 97, but I was at the par 3. That was the that was the best. I the par 3 is so much fun.
1: I believe it is. 97 is the year that that tiger woods won it that was his first major so it wouldn't surprise me if that was the year that you remember because that was absolutely monumental i,
0: I think and, that was because i remember him he had his little tiger cover over his you know and i was just sitting right there beside him but the par three was my favorite part of it all
1: i i and it's supposed to be really cool there is a fasting link watch me make this link so, okay fast forward <laughs> to 2021 and this year the pga championship which is one of golf's four majors was won by the legendary phil mickelson who is i love him age, how can you not 51 and a faster he now, absolutely is he not, i don't know that he does if as as his nutritional lifestyle but i know that he does longer water fasts and there was some literature about it and that just made me go see this is the secret this i love un-
0: phil he's my favorite golfer when i w- was a teacher they had a program i don't know if they still have it exxon Mobil, phil mickelson Put on something called "Send My Teacher," and I was nominated by a student to represent. And, and I won for the state of Georgia. Two of us got to go to New York. We actually stayed. They put us up, and we they. It was like for science. So nice. I, I got to see Phil speak. He addressed us all. It wow, was wonderful. Cool. What a great story. yeah. So I love Phil, and that was the year the he won the Masters. When was that? Twenty
1: twelve. He's won it. I believe he was won it three times. 12,
0: yeah, 12 or thirteen. Done. Anyway, it was when he won the Masters at that point. And when I came back. From I'd been on a trip and I came back because we go out of town for Master's Week in Augusta. That's just pretty much what we do. Says
1: <laughs> everything right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I came back home and suddenly I was news because I was going to send my teacher, Phil Mickelson, so that I came to my house and interviewed me. And this was like really, it was before I was doing intermittent fasting. I can still remember I was overweight, but it was just funny because suddenly it was big news in Augusta. Teacher going with Phil Mickelson. So that, anyway, that would, he's my favorite be,
1: golfer. Yeah. I he, love he, that he's
0: doing intermittent fasting.
1: Yeah, I mean, c- certainly, and not afraid to talk about it. I wonder in the world of, of, of elite-level sports, I mean, obviously, there's more and more no-meat athletes and people that are into really being super healthy around what they eat. But You know, th- this is, golf it would not be the sport number one that it was pretty conservative. So for him to be way out there and say, no, this is something that I do to stay to have an edge is huge for everybody who believes in fasting in whatever way.
0: Well, you know, I can't even imagine trying to do something after having a big breakfast, for example. Oh, totally. Having a big yeah. breakfast and then going and playing 18 holes of golf does not sound like a good time. <laughs> I know.
1: Well, well said, and so amazing to sort of cut through the mythology in your own head because to, to, we've been fed this three meals a day myth. And like, I, I wouldn't, I'd be, I'd feel heavy as an ox out there if I ate breakfast. But then if I say that to a family member, no, you're not going to eat, but you need to eat. I'm like, no, see, there's where we got it backwards. Actually, I'll be way sharper and way more fit out there. I'll eat afterwards.
0: And you'll feel better. I remember back in the day, you know, we were told, don't go swimming after eating. You need to let your stomach do its work. You need to rest. I mean, we would have nap time after lunch or whatever, you know, and when we were little. And we knew that eating made you sluggish.
1: Good point. The swimming thing is absolutely, yeah, wait a half an hour before you go in the water. I never, I maybe made it three minutes. You? I
0: know, I never waited
1: half an hour either
0: my grandmother had a pool. And so she was always like, you got to wait. And I'm like, okay. And then we would. she's not looking, get in, you know, we minutes. never died from a cramp. But
2: <laughs>
1: 30 minutes for an eight year old. That's uh, yeah. a big ask.
0: That was a big ask. You're exactly right. So back to you, I'm circling back to your question. You were talking about eighteen six and are, are you not doing eighteen six? What's, what's the challenge that you were facing? We never really quite got to it.
1: Well, I mean, it would I would notice it would just be that so if 1pm is the opening of my window again, I'd go around 1130. Like, is it one o'clock yet? Okay, especially it with pandemic stuff, because I'm pretty much dependent on the gig economy. And this summer's gotten gotten quiet and scary, to be honest. So then without having that morning activity, it was it was like one o'clock felt longer. So then I might have 11 o'clock and kind of cheat it and then I'd be down to it. And I don't beat myself up about it. It's still, I'm not going to get up and have eggs and bacon at 7am ever again. You know what I mean? But I just felt that number being a little more fluid than it was when I was really stuck into my routine through the winter months.
0: That's really common. You know, I even suffer with that issue from time to time. And what I notice is when I contrast a very not busy day to a busy day, you know, I do find myself looking at the clock more thinking, am I hungry? It's one o'clock. I could eat if I want to, you know, that sort of thing. Versus if I know, for example, like, let's say I had a podcast interview scheduled for 4 p.m. I I do not eat before I do my podcast interviews unless they're like 8 p.m. You know, I'm not going to wait. I like to eat every day, so I'm not going to wait and not eat that day. So if I knew I had a podcast at four, I would just very easily not eat, not even looking at the clock. I'm looking at four o'clock, the awareness of when is it time to do my interview. But on the flip side, if I don't have anything planned, "Hmm, can I open my window? Should I? You know, I still have those
1: thoughts. Well, that's actually, that really is good to hear that you still go through that, you know, oh, definitely. an expert in the field for sure. It's good to hear that you struggle with that sometimes too, or at least that struggle maybe isn't the right word, but that you're. The it's thought in my process. head. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just because, you know, I didn't get to be obese for no reason. You know, I was 210 pounds. I love to eat food. Food is so much more than than just the nutrients in your body. We have emotion connected to it, it's recreation. It, I mean, I mean, should it be recreation? That's a question for, you know, it's a different question, but, you know, there, we eat for so many reasons. And it's we're, pleasurable,
1: we're, yeah, absolutely. 100%, there, that dopamine thing is real. I mean, there is there is a secretion of that. how Where do you how are you on alcohol in the window?
0: Well, have you followed my talking about it? with, you know, being a slow alcohol metabolizer. Yeah, I
1: think that's funny. Yeah. Right. You get drunk really fast.
0: Well, when it hits me, it hits me. And then I process it very, very slowly. Like I said, I was just at the beach with my family and we have determined I have two brothers and a sister. We've determined we are all slow alcohol metabolizers and we think we get it from our dad. And because we think he does, too. He doesn't drink at all. He drank when he was younger. But all of us have naturally the four of us it took me longer than the rest of them. Gotten to the point where we drunk, don't drink much. We did sit around and have some wine at the beach, but it was just a little bit. You know, a couple glasses. Two glasses of wine is really the most I can drink and still feel good. But I did. I did take my dry farm wine to the beach, and I was drinking that. Although my my sister and my brother that were there, the one brother wasn't drinking with us, but the sister and the brother that were, they drank like the worst wine in the world.
1: You guys have bad wine taste. You. This is... you. They Strikes have terrible,
0: yet like that the cheapest, grossest, and I'm like, oh my lord, how are y'all drinking that? <laughs> and I'm over here with my dry farm wines. But yeah, they didn't that. want that. Thank goodness, this is all for me. But <laughs> I bet y'all have great wine in well, I Europe. Was,
1: I was just gonna say, like, like bad wine is extremely bad, bad taste, bad form. Can't do it. Can't It pull is. That I off mean, like
0: here. they like those sweet, crazy, fruity, weirdo wines. That I'm not gonna say Boone's Farm, but the, I just they, said the, it. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, reminds you of the Boone's Farm for grownups is kind of what they like.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, brother and sister. You just said that publicly and the whole world heard you say that. Now they all know
0: that's what they like.
1: (laughs) I would guess that's probably not super nutritious. What do you think, Jen?
0: No, and I, I really can't drink red wine at all. Like, I've gotten to the point. I like red wine. I cannot drink red wine. I can do a champagne. I can do um, French. If, if I don't have dry farm wines, I can do a French champagne. But still, two glasses, and I'm, I'm good. And, and I'm not drinking every day. I keep trying to find a non-alcoholic wine that works for me, and I just can't. They just are...
1: We had one the other night, because I don't drink at all. And we had one the other night, and it was surprisingly good. Like, I was just A non-alcoholic about- wine? Yes, absolutely. It, it was, And it was a red wine, and I don't know what it's called. But anyway, really good. And surprised me the first time ever. And I was skeptical, just like I am, about the, the vegan brie. It was definitely drinkable. And, and there's something about the ritual of it and putting it in the nice glass. Well, you
0: know, I'm putting coconut water in a glass, in a wine glass. You know, I will have, it, it, during my window, I will have a glass of coconut water in my wine glass. And that really is good enough. It's the ritual of having a pretty glass and a special beverage that that's, you know, making me happy.
1: Yeah, well said.
0: So you're not a big drinker.
1: No. Well, I mean, I, I definitely have, I quit drinking on purpose, definitely had, was drinking too much. And, and certainly as a young man, a lot smoked a lot of weed. And I mean, being over here, that was just very, very it was around me all the time. So I've just, dis- once I was diagnosed bipolar, and one of the first things that the medical, the mental health professionals will say, and correctly so is, okay, drop the substances. That's not gonna work. So it was not an easy decision, but got rid of them and still don't drink and occasionally miss it. But I, I'm just curious about how it fits in people's windows. And if I, it's hard for me to imagine drinking quote unquote heavily and still having that be, good healthy yeah i don't
0: think so i i don't think i don't think heavy drinking is is good for anyone and you know there's debate about whether even light drinking is healthy you know there's two sides of that coin there's the yes light drinking has health benefits and then there's the no that's all a lie yeah that's relatively recent
1: yeah i've I've heard yeah what do you think is is it you well, you know,
0: I, I do, we can really find people who believe everything is dangerous, you know, like don't eat beans, they will kill you or, you know, whatever. The whole idea of hormetic stress in our bodies that certain things that, that there are certain th- exercise is an example of that, for example, you know, you work your muscle, it actually tears down the muscle, but builds it back stronger. So certain kinds of stress, some of these, these substances, maybe the alcohol, our bodies have to adapt to them and it makes us stronger. That, that's a theory. About alcohol and, and how like small amounts may have benefits and and, and even you know, like like phytochemicals because you know there's that that famous book the plant paradox have you read that no, one
1: no but heard about it on podcast I'm not
0: I haven't read it but you know the whole the whole premise of that book is that. You know, these plants are are very, very bad for you. These lectins, whatever, very bad for you. Don't eat them or you can buy my supplement, which will help you with anyway. But the whole idea is that really these, these plant compounds, we want that little stress. That makes us stronger. Kind of like how, you know, a vaccination makes you able to defeat, you know, a virus, right? Yes. <laughs> Not yes, to get yeah. into that, but you challenge your body. You, you have to have those challenges to make yourself stronger. We know that with exercise.
1: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And I mean, I would I would still say that I, I'm definitely whatever works for the person. And I've, you know, since I really got serious about nutrition when I started intermittent fasting, I'm figuring out or have figured out what works for me. And I know that booze ain't going to do it
0: no it doesn't work right for me
1: (laughs) hats off yeah you're lucky in that sense you've got like a normal like some kind of biological break to you with the two glasses it's like that i'm done
0: it's true and it's really easy to stop you know we went out to dinner we're we're having our 30th anniversary in two days we'll be celebrating our 30th anniversary so we went out to eat um over the weekend and i had a margarita one margarita They were at a great restaurant. They have a top-shelf margarita. It it was fabulous. And then I came home, and I didn't feel like I needed another drink. And that was it.
1: Well, just between me, you, and a fence post, Jen Stevens, I have never in my life just had one margarita. Really?
0: (laughs) Actually, I left some of it in the glass. I I didn't drink it all because I was like, I'm tired of this now. There was, like, probably a third of it. I tried to get my husband to drink it, and he didn't want it because he's always been able to just stop. He had one beer, and I'm like, here, drink the rest of my margarita. And he's like, no, I don't want it. That's
1: fascinating okay. to me. Yeah. We yeah. left
0: margarita on the table.
1: Good Lord. Wow. I know. that', that <laughs> No, consider yourself lucky. That's good. So there, there are so many alcoholics in my family. We should have our own charter of AA and get a tax write-off. You know, sometimes it just that gene or whatever passes through a family. And, and we definitely got that one. So it, it, I have deducted it is not healthy.
2: Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get
1: 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: Yeah, you, you got to know yourself and your own limits, right? And, and and zero, sometimes the answer is to have zero moderation is not the key zero is the key
1: well i definitely proved that moderation for me isn't possible it was definitely all or nothing when it came to margaritas that was it yeah
0: so you've written a book let's talk about that tell everybody about your book what it is
1: right well my book it's called how to not kill yourself 10 tips for Trouble times so this is a comedic tongue-in-cheek look at when things get dark do this but i didn't write it i didn't write it it's kind of a half ironic type of self-help like nudge nudge wink wink this but it's all common sense stuff like find something to care for use your hands exercise get therapy you know stuff that is not these (laughs) this is not revolutionary but i kind of wrote it from the point of view of haha i could do this and it would help so it, it's been a fun journey because we actually the book was published by the biggest nonfiction publisher in the netherlands which to me was a huge deal that is and huge yeah i was really super excited about it so that it, it was published here in in, the, in belgium and the netherlands in dutch and then what i did is go ahead and self-publish it in english in the us and, and in the uk and australia so it's out there and it's it's the funniest thing I've ever written, which is not easy to say. I mean, I don't I don't take that lightly, but I somehow I feel like I've managed to get the difficult topic and somewhat still taboo topic of depression, suicidal ideation, you know, and, and kind of put a little funny in it. I would like to believe that anyway. And, and, and my readers have told me that here too.
0: So it's basically about your struggle with depression and bipolar disorder. And what it's, a, it's your audience for the book is people who are suffering with this type of
1: correct or the ones who live with them like my like my girlfriend who has to live with my craziness and i I mean i don't mean to talk myself down but it can be rough you know and and there is there is some support in there for everybody and we've got a new book coming out this february which actually specifically addresses what goes on in the mind games of of the mind games of a bipolar person so that's exciting but you know it's one of the things about it Jin, is that i mean you'll be able to relate to this because you like sort of you write this book and then now you're an expert and now you're in the community and now a lot of your life revolves around it. Well, I kind of underestimated that if I get into the depression business, quote unquote, well, it can be a little heavy sometimes, you know, and I, you know, I mean, you know, when, when this is really people's livelihoods and their health and, that's intense. I mean, I can feel myself getting a little bit tense in my shoulders just even mentioning it. But I, I love that responsibility, and I and I take it on wholeheartedly. But I underestimated it. Did you Did you feel that way at the beginning?
0: Yes. And I'm like, look, I'm just Jen. Stop asking me those hard questions. I don't know, <laughs> you know, because that you know sometimes people will expect me to know way more than I know, and I'm like, look. I am an elementary teacher I am not a medical doctor I cannot tell you whether your blah 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 condition is going to be and I, I say blah 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 not in, in and you know that sounded maybe bad maybe rude but your XYZ condition whatever it is I don't know what that what will happen and that is not something I'm expected to know and so sometimes people think that you you know you know like everything they're like D- what about this medication Should I'm like I don't know anything about I'm not a pharmacist <laughs> even doctors don't know these types of questions like my husband, um, has a PhD in medicinal chemistry. And I remember when he was doing his work, he had to work the poison control center as part of, you know, he had for his PhD, he didn't have to pay tuition, but they have to do certain things, you know, as part of being a scholar. And so he had to work the poison control center. And he would have hospitals and doctors calling him you know, in the middle of the night asking questions about poison and drugs and medication. And he's this 22-year-old PhD student, he doesn't know either, but he's having to look it up. But it just lets you know that we aren't expected to know everything, you and I. You're not expected to know everything about depression, even though people might expect that you
1: do excellent point it it really is and i mean i would argue too i mean i i try to be very upfront and say look i'm coming at this is from a quote unquote comedic point of view i am writing this as an attempt to be funny if it's possible about this subject and i really worried because i knew that i was going to be doing media and speaking about it and stuff about that one mother or father out in the audience that stands up and says yeah but my child you know i really was afraid of that and that hasn't that hasn't played out in reality and it still could i guess But I underestimated it. I mean, as I said. Well, you
0: know, your expertise is living with the condition and, you know, how to make the most of that. Just like my expertise is how do you make intermittent fasting your lifestyle? And there's a lot of questions that, you know, people ask me that not only can I not answer, but I don't think we know the answer yet to them
1: relatively early on and i mean in the big picture for sure but i mean and and is it when you when you realized okay wow i am now being considered the guru the the person who really knows did you ever think screw it i'm i'm not doing another book or i'm pulling the plug on this
0: <laughs> maybe maybe you know i did just leave facebook recently and that helped a lot you know
1: interesting um
0: it helped yeah. a lot. Because there like two that,
1: big groups going. There were two. I ways. had, yeah. well,
0: I had, I, I archived two groups with probably a hundred and. 135,000 combined members in those two groups that I archived, and I kept the big one going. It's over 300,000, and members don't post, but there's an Ask a Moderator thread, so they can still get support, You know, but I am no longer there. But the moderators, I love the moderators so much. They're amazing. They're volunteers. They help within the groups, and they answer questions in there, but I just couldn't do it anymore. And you know, somebody that was making a snarky comment said, oh, Jen thinks she's too big for Facebook now. I'm like, actually, it's the opposite. Facebook got too big for me. I couldn't do it. You know, my mental health is also important. I was living and it was really my my job was managing communities instead. I just want to help people with fasting and and I don't want to manage behavior of adults on social media.
1: Oh, man, that's (laughs) a big ask.
0: You know, I I got out of elementary teaching because I was tired of managing children's behavior, right? So I certainly don't want to spend the rest of my life managing adult behavior. And that's really, like I said, what it had turned into. You know, we can't allow in a Facebook group people asking specific medical questions. Then they start going and giving people crazy advice, like, throw your medicine in the trash. I'm like, you can't tell somebody that on Facebook, right? (laughs) That's not our job. And so, you know, I love to give intermittent fasting support and help people make it a lifestyle. That is what I want to be an expert on. How can you make intermittent fasting into a lifestyle that works for you? Don't ask me what happens at hour 14 in your body when it refers to autophagy. And I don't know. We don't even know that exactly. Everybody's different. So I don't want to be that expert. You know, talk to Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Talk to Peter Atiyah. I want to be your application specialist.
1: Yeah, I get it. I, I really get it. And I can imagine that must to surprise you at one point that you're like suddenly I'm like the, I'm like this manager who's, right. who's trying to put stop people from fighting yeah good point
0: that's crazy yeah and I'm you know people would get said so been out of shape as a comedian I'm sure you know what one person thinks is funny someone else thinks is like the worst thing they've ever heard in their life and you are evil for saying it So, like, we had some meme controversy one time before I had moderators. It was some funny meme about carbs and Jesus or something. I can't remember, but both sides were mad. The Christians were really mad because are we making fun of Jesus? I don't know. And then the people who were like, there will never be religion. Why are we? Everyone was mad. And then the people who eat low carb were mad. I mean, literally everyone was mad about this Jesus carb meme. And this is before we had post approval, it was before we had moderators. It was just me, and I'm trying to teach school and now everybody's blowing up on facebook over this meme that has managed to offend everyone and i'm like okay let's th- th- don't post this meme anymore people
1: <laughs> good for you anyway good, for you. good call to make then to get out of that anyway stick. but
0: that, those are the kind of things you don't think about And i'm like how can i support your
1: fasting
0: how about that right
1: <laughs> for sure but your newest attempt to do that is cleanish is the book that's coming out in, in january
0: in january i'm really proud of that and you know cleanish is not an intermittent fasting book You know, they wanted me to write another intermittent fasting book. And I was held pretty firm about not doing that and finally talked them into it. Because you get pigeonholed as an author. Like Jen writes intermittent fasting books. I'm like, look, I've already convinced my audience to buy two intermittent fasting books, Delayed on Deny. And then I convinced those people to buy Fast Feast Repeat because it was better. It's a better book because you know, I know more now and I, I answer more questions. And, the, the, you know, it, it's a, I think it's a better book. But I don't want to ask them to buy a third intermittent fasting book because I said everything I needed to say already. So it's really about the subtitle is Eat Mostly Clean, Live Mainly Clean, and Unlock Your Body's Natural Ability to Self Clean. So there is one intermittent intermittent. intermittent fasting chapter that's in the the section on self-cleaning but there's so much more to that than just intermittent fasting it's you know supporting your your body's natural cleaning processes through nutrition for example the foods that you're eating it's you know three parts it's what you put into your body well really really two main parts what you put into your body matters you know you don't want to put in toxins you know, like, like GMOs, I talk about that. You know, what's the issue with GMOs, really? And there are many things, but also what they're spraying on them, for example. And our body burden and our toxic load and really so much of illness is, is just because our body burden has gone up with what we're putting in. So we really do need to be more careful now about what we're putting in than we ever did just because it's, it's so much more around us everywhere. Like Consumer Reports just did an article on, like in the past year, on, on what they found in bottled water. The chemicals were shocking.
1: Yes, that doesn't surprise
0: me. And so just, you know, we, we have these these chemicals around us that didn't used to be there. And so what we put in matters more than it ever did. So we we focus on, you know, eliminating what we can. That's why it's called clean-ish, because you can't eliminate everything. You have to live in the world. So I'm excited about the book. I hope that it helps people to make a feed. You know, you, you don't have to change everything and, and you don't have to eat vegan brie
1: unless you there we are eat again. vegan brie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I, it sounds to me like the logical next step from the, from the intermittent fasting books it, it makes sense i think that we would have bought a third intermittent fasting book if you want to know the honest truth
0: i got nothing more to say about that you know, like forrest gump says and that's all i've got to say about that
1: and he was right he was absolutely right <laughs> there you get to a wall and you think all i can do now is repeat myself but there are plenty of bands that have been doing that for 40 years so good for you for not doing it and and, and going and it's interesting the word clean too because that word wasn't even in my nutritional vocabulary until probably well probably after the first water fast and then now that word makes sense to me what that really means for me it's it's watching out for sugar big time because once i put the first bit in for me it's
0: it's it's oils and um you know Putting in the, the processed oils really makes a huge difference. Like I started to realize, you know, if I eat, if I go to a restaurant and eat French fries, my stomach's going to hurt. Why is that? You know, but if I make fries at home with olive oil tossed you know, in, in my oven and roast them, I do not have a stomach ache. So, you know, it, it's those, those processed oils, the ultra processed foods. There's not a single research study linking ultra processed foods to good health. <laughs> They all link it to bad health. And so just, you know, I I still eat, like I have Triscuits, organic Triscuits in my cabinet right now and I eat them, but, and they're an ultra processed food, but I'm not buying the Doritos. Will I ever eat a Dorito again? Probably. I'm cleanish, so that's that's the whole thing is trying to figure out. And the the whole point of the book is leading you to the end where you're going to come up with your own definition of what cleanish living means to you. I mean, you're going to change your skincare. You know, maybe you're going to use you know natural deodorant. Maybe you're not. I mean, you just you decide what can you live with. What do you want to change? What works for you? So very much like the fasting.
1: Yeah. Nice. Good for you. Looking forward to reading that one.
0: Well, good. I'm really excited about it. My editor really likes it, which is good. Cause she's been in the field for a long time. And for her to be like, this is not like a book we've got. So that makes me happy. And again, I didn't want it to be an intermittent fasting book. Cause I don't want people to, who are not intermittent fasters to be like, well, that's not for me. I'm not an intermittent faster. This book is for everybody. I don't want to limit the audience. You know, they wanted me to put intermittent fasting in the title. And I'm like, nope. <laughs>
1: You didn't even use the word. That's interesting. No,
0: I'm pretty stubborn. So and, you know, I'm not promising that it's going to make you lose a lot of weight. And they also, you know, they're like, can you talk about the weight loss? I'm like, no, you might not lose weight. This is your health. This is, you know, being healthier in your life. It's not going to hurt
1: you. It's going to make you healthier.
0: But you might not drop 40 pounds. You know, I don't want to make claims like that. Maybe you
1: will. I don't know. But. Uh, well, I mean, that's exactly how this lifestyle has played out for me is is that it wasn't about that weight loss. and then before you turn around, i've I've dropped 15 kilos, 14 kilos. So it does end up working that way. but I and and it it does keep me inspired to think that you've got there's something coming that is the bigger lifestyle, not just the fasting.
0: And eventually you're not going to be like, you're no longer quite as focused on counting your hours anymore. Right. And it gets to the point where you're like, okay, you're no longer having to use that mental space thinking about your fasting. It's just what you do. Just
1: the way I eat. It's just, yeah. just the way you That's do. Exactly just, right.
0: And if I open early, I close earlier. Just not because I'm like, oh, no, I better close my window, but because I I feel like I've had enough. And then you just start to focus on different things and it becomes a health journey that looks different for everybody. So, David, how can people find your book?
1: Well, if you go to Amazon, you've heard of Amazon, right, Jen? Once or twice. Uh, Amazon.com, How to Not Kill Yourself, David Mangine, you'll find it. It, We've only got the, it's just the Kindle edition in the United States. So the, the trying to get a book that was initially published in the Netherlands and then published in the US, sounds like it would be easy. I'm here to tell you, for some reason, Mr. Bezos did not make that easy which you know i'd let go at some point i was like forget it and they were like you can just just self-publish it And so it is a self-published book in the united states and if you have if depression is any part of your life or somebody who you love i promise you if you read it you'll get a chuckle and and i think the chuckle is hope that's what i would like to believe that's why i do it so
0: i've got some family members that would either benefit from reading it or it would help me
1: well, great. Yeah, check it out. I mean, it, I had I'm fun writing it and, and uh, it, I would like to believe that it helps. Awesome. Well, what would
0: you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: Nice. Well, there's that bit at the end of your book of those things. That, yeah, that's a cool bit. What I would say is it's easier than you think. So if you're hearing people talk about this big mystical thing, intermittent fasting, just cut to the chase. It's a lot easier than you think because our, our bodies are built to eat this way and not to eat three squares with snacks. So first thing I would say is it's easier than you think. And I think to answer the second part of your question was what, what would I would have liked to have known? I think I'm unique in that, that I don't really care about the science because I felt that it's working and I, I feel like my mood is more stable. So I, I really don't have an answer to that part of your question.
0: Here's a secret I'm gonna whisper to you. I don't care as much about the science as a lot of people do. <laughs> You know, we get a lot of questions on the intermittent fasting podcast where they're asking, and I'm like, I don't even care. Just what feels right? Do that. I mean, I do care about the science, so don't get me wrong. <laughs>
1: well, I think, you, I think you got the balance. I mean, it's clear that you're like, look, I'm going to put the science in there. But at the end of the I, day- I do care about the science, yeah. Of course you do. And at the end of the day, it doesn't, I mean, if it's working, it doesn't really matter all that much. And for me, it's mental health, which is even a little bit more of a gray area in terms of, of peer-reviewed research to back it up. But I would just like to say to anybody to anybody who's listening. if you think you can do it, you definitely can. It's easier than it sounds. So start with 168 and then go from there.
0: Absolutely. Well David, I have really enjoyed talking to you today and I can't wait to check out your book.
1: Me too, Jen, it's been a pleasure.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at Jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's GIN Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at resonaterecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
2: Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus